Uh, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its deeds are evil. Uh, told his disciples in the upper room, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep, kept my word, they will keep yours uh, also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have sinned. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hate, uh, hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. But they have done this to fulfill the word which was written in their law. They hated me without a cause. So Jesus is really clear. The world hates him. Now, we need to have a, a little discussion about the word hate. Um, because it's, it's used in a variety of different ways in the New Testament. We use it in a variety of different ways in our colloquial talking. Um, but it, it can mean murderous intent. The people hated Jesus, and what did they do? They nailed him to a cross. But if you look at 1 John, it talks about, you know, says that if we say we love God but hate our brother, we, we walk, we're walking in darkness. Well, how does John describe hating our brother. That's by having the world's goods and not doing something to bless your brother. Well, that's not murderous intent. That's just indifference. And so that word can mean all those different kinds of, of uh, shades of meaning. Um, so it's anywhere from indifference, I don't care about the real Jesus, to we need to eradicate Christianity from the planet because it, it's a bad thing. Uh, like uh, uh, Diocletian and Domitian, the, the Roman emperors that purposefully were trying to eliminate the church uh, from the world. So, so that word, don't get stuck. We, we picked it because, you know, love a fake Jesus, hate a real Jesus. It, it, it's nice symmetry, isn't it? Uh, but, but that word hate can mean a lot of different kinds of things. So uh, why does the world hate the real Jesus? Uh, Matthew kind of described what the real Jesus looked like. Well, right there in John 7, 7, Jesus gives us one of the reasons why the world hates uh, the real Jesus. Um, I testify it that its deeds are, deeds are evil. So the real Jesus is a threat to my personal autonomy. I want to be able to say what I want to say. I want to be able to do what I want to do. I want to be what I want to be. I want to go where I want to go. I want to be the captain of my fate. And then the real Jesus steps up and he doesn't let me do that. Um, we have parents in the room. Anybody here, raise a hand, seriously, raise your hand, if you've ever heard one of your children say, you are not the boss of me. <laughs> seriously, yeah, okay, we got, we got a few. I, I heard it. Um, well, that's what we're doing with Jesus. Jesus told the parable about this uh, nobleman that went off to a distant country to receive a kingdom, and, uh, and this is what Jesus said. Uh, but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. So that's why the world hates uh, the real Jesus. Because Jesus is, isn't giving us just advice. He's not the Dr. Phil Jesus. He commands. Uh, Jesus said uh, in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not you will keep my suggestions. 
you will keep my commandment. Uh, in John 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. John 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And so Jesus is this threat to my autonomy. I can't do anything I want to do. Jesus places restrictions on me. Jesus places requirements on me. Uh, I don't, I don't like that. Uh, but then when you think about it, though, uh, Bob Dylan got it right. You got to serve somebody. We are going to be a slave to somebody. Paul makes that really clear in Romans chapter 6. We're either going to be a slave of sin or we're going to be a slave of righteousness, um, also known as slavery to Jesus. Um, so those are the two choices, um, either a slave to sin, what, you know, what I want to do, or I'm going to be a slave to righteousness doing what uh, God wants me to do, what, what Jesus wants me to do. Uh, Proverbs is interesting here. Uh, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Do you ever say that seemed like a right idea at the time? Uh, but, okay, that's, that's the word of a fool. Um, you know, if, if the, 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 the fool is right in his own eyes, uh, Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25, there's a way that seems right to a man. This is a good idea. I should do this. But the end thereof is death. Um, Proverbs 21, 2, every man's way is right in his own eyes. Uh, it's easy to justify. Uh, you can come up with all kinds of reasons, uh, but the Lord weighs the heart. Um, there's a little phrase that shows up three times in Scripture. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That is kind of, in, in contemporary America, that's kind of how we are defining freedom. I can do what is right in my own eyes. Okay? Moses used that expression right after the uh, debacle with Moab and the Moabite women and the idolatry that was brought into the camp because of that. Uh, the writer of... Uh, Judges uses that twice to describe some hideous behavior in the end of, uh, of uh, Judges. Uh, gang rape and carving up a concubine's body parts and sending them out by FedEx. I mean, it, it, you know, doing what is right in one's own eyes doesn't result in good stuff. Um, it, it's a mess. Um, and so, we can, you know, Jesus says, you need to be under me. Uh, I am Lord of Lords. You know, in, in America, we don't really understand that really well, but in monarch monarchical systems, a Lord is the guy that gets to walk up and said, you, there, you, give me your thing. You know, has complete authority and control. Um, and that's the Lord, and a Lord has slaves, um, obedient slaves. So uh, this, this real Jesus is a threat to my being able to say, I can do anything I want. Um, he's also a threat to the efficacy of my own works. Um, Galatians. Uh, uh, Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed, uh, even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which we all know so well. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not as a result of works, lest any man should boast. Titus 3, 5, and 6, we are, he saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, 
but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, uh, we would be uh, made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Um, so he, this real Jesus is a threat to the efficacy of my ability to earn my way to heaven. Uh, back in 1943, a psychologist by the name of Abraham Maslow came up with this, this hierarchy of needs, this little triangular thing. Uh, and the very basic needs are food, water, uh, shelter, uh, clothing, warmth, and those kinds of things. The top of his little pyramid was self-actualization, becoming all that you can be. Right below that, right below that, the second highest need, according to Maslow, um, is uh, self-esteem needs. And part of that is... Um, the feeling of accomplishment. Well, do I get a feeling of accomplishment from the real Jesus since he says that nothing I can do can get me to heaven? Um, you, know, it's, it, it, you know, people balk at that. Um, it's, it's, you know, I can't get there. We, we like the idea that I can earn my way there. Um, but the real Jesus um, says that there's nothing I can do to achieve a right standing before him. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, in fact, in, in uh, theology, there's this term called total inability. Um, I cannot. It, it is impossible. I mean, here, here, this is Jesus' own words. Uh, again, John 6, 44. No one can come to me. Now, how many, how many can come, according to that verse? Zero. Nobody. It's an absolute negative. Nobody can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. There's no place for my effort in that verse. Uh, John 6, It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh, a uh, human effort, prof uh, profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are life and are spirit. Uh, about that verse, Luther uh, used to quip that nothing is not just a little something. Nothing is nothing. Uh, my efforts uh, accomplish nothing in terms of bringing me to faith in Christ. Uh, John 6, uh, 6.65, and he said, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. People got upset with that. At that point, the very next verse says many of his disciples withdrew. Five verses before it says that they were grieved by that. It really ticked them off. What do you mean I can't, you know, I can't work my way to heaven? Um, this real Jesus is a threat to the efficacy of, of my efforts. Um, also, this real Jesus, is, as Matthew pointed out, he's going to judge me. Now, that's probably the verse that non-Christians know better than any other. Judge not, lest you be judged. So if you say something's wrong, they'll come back and say, judge not, lest you be judged. Um, Okay, in other words, we're supposed to tolerate everything, and Jesus is, is meek and mild, so he's going to tolerate everything. No, 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 the real Jesus does not tolerate. Um, he he uh, accepts anybody who comes, uh, but, but he doesn't tolerate sin. Um, and he is going to judge. Again, he made it very clear. For not even the Father judges anyone, John 5, 22. But he has given all judgment to the Son, so that all will honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. A few verses later, 26 and 27, For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave the Son also 
to have life in himself. And he gave him, the son, authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Um, and then a couple of verses later, I can do nothing in my own initiative as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own, but the will of him who sent me. Um, and uh, so, so he is going to judge. We don't like getting judged. We don't like being told we're wrong. We don't like being told that we're sinners. Um, and so if we can eliminate sin, then you know, everything is fine. But, but there is sin, and, and Jesus has said he is going to judge it. You know, we are all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ um, and to give an account. Uh, well, I don't like that. I don't want to be judged. And so I'll, I'll pick guru Jesus, you know, my, my self-help coach, you know, my life coach Jesus, you know. Um, I don't want, but, but he is going to uh, judge. Because as Matthew pointed out, we do have this innate desire for justice to prevail. Um, we do kind of get upset when there's injustice. And do we see perfect justice here on planet Earth? No. I have never seen a police officer pull over somebody who cut me off on the freeway. Where are the police when you need them? You know, um, we don't see perfect justice, and that uh, a couple of centuries ago, that uh, prompted Immanuel Kant to come up with his moral argument for the existence of God. We don't see perfect justice in this world, and yet the only way morality can have any significant meaning is that perfect justice will prevail. Therefore, there's got to be a, a God who is infinite, omnipotent, omniscient, just, and holy for justice to prevail. But we want justice for the other guy. Uh, in fact, I used to know a, a Supreme Court judge who went to my, uh, my former church, and he told me once that in his entire years on the bench, he never had anybody come before him who wanted justice. The plaintiffs wanted revenge, and the defendants wanted mercy. But nobody wanted justice. Um, so we don't want to be judged. Yes, yeah, bad people should get judged. Those guys over there should get judged. You know, Adolf Hitler should get judged. Um, but, but we all are going to be judged because we are personally responsible for our sin. And our sin, as R.C. Sproul puts it, is cosmic treason. It's not a whoopsie. It's not a boo-boo. It's cosmic treason. Uh, and that needs to be judged. Um, another reason why the world hates the real Jesus is, is he claimed to be God. No, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. He said he's the only way. How narrow-minded can you be? You know, Jesus is the only way. Uh, John 5, uh, let's see, I'll check my notes here. <laughs> oh, John 3:18. He who believes in him is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Only one way. He makes it even more clear in John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, again, this is, here's a universal negative. No one comes to the Father but through me. Acts 4, 12, Jesus' followers, shortly after his crucifixion and resurrection, were saying, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. I, I want to create my own way. I want another way. I want an easier way. I want a more happy way. Um, and Jesus said he's the only way. How dare he? Um, you know, he's not very Christ-like <laughs> for Christ to say, I am the only way. 
Um, but think about it for a minute. It, it's easy. The world will, will gladly accept that Jesus is a way. You ever hear that? Well, well, that's good for you. The, the Christianities are good for you. That, that's, that's your way to get to God. I've got my own way. If Jesus isn't the way, he cannot be a way. Otherwise, a way is diluted, at best, psychotic, at worst. Can't be a way. Um, uh, C.S. Lewis said he's either Lord, liar, or lunatic. Those are kind of the three choices. Um, I had a, when I worked for the fire authority, I had a friend who couldn't decide if he was an atheist or an agnostic, which was an interesting conversation. But um, he once said he liked Jesus, you know, like, like the Beatitudes, you know, that's, that's really nice. You know, and the golden rule, you know, Jesus had a lot of really nice things to say. And, and, and I asked him, well, what about that no one can come to the Father except by me? And he said, well, oh, yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Uh, he didn't like it. You know, um, it's, it's, it's so narrow-minded. Um, but he is the way. We'll see why in just a little bit. But, uh, but he, he said he's the only way. Um, or did you hear this one? Jesus is unfair. Well, one, one, you, again, you've got to give down the definition of terms. What do you mean by fair? Everybody gets the same treatment. Then Jesus is unfair. What do believers get? For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Believers get grace. Which by definition means getting something you don't deserve. Um, uh, but, but we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may give a recompense for his deeds in the body according to what he has done. Others are going to get justice. So it's either grace or justice that you'll notice nobody gets injustice. Because I deserve death and hell. If God were to strike me dead right now and send me to hell, all I could say would be, bummer. Because I deserve it. I've earned it every day of my life. And God in his grace and mercy has decided to not give me what I deserve. He's going to give me grace, and he's going to give me mercy. Unbeliever deserves the same outcome. Uh, because, you know, Romans 3.23, uh, a, a verse right after the passage that Matthew quoted, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. I've earned it. And so God in his grace has decided not to give some what they deserve and give others what they deserve. Now, let's do a little experiment here. Let's, let's assume that every single person in this room owes me 50 bucks. And if you pay before the end of the evening, I will not charge you interest. Um, everybody here owes me 50 bucks, okay? And, and, and you agree that you're borrowing $50 from me and that you will pay it back. All of you have given me your word of honor that you're going to pay me back, okay? And I tell this side of the room, you know, that wasn't a loan, it was a gift. <laughs> so, don't worry about paying me back. And I say, this side of the room, you need to pay me back my 50 bucks. 
Am I being unjust? No, it's my 50 bucks. If I want to turn a loan into a gift, that's my choice. I am not treating anybody unjustly. And that's what God has done. He has provided grace and mercy for some and justice for others. Nobody gets injustice. Nobody can stand before the judgment seat of Christ and say, wait a minute, this isn't fair. Um, because God is just. Um, you know, Romans 9.14, what shall we say then? There is no injustice with God, is there? May it never be. There is no injustice with God. Um, he is always going to be uh, totally just. Um, okay, another reason to hate Jesus is he claimed to be God. That is so arrogant. There are people in mental hospitals that have claimed to be God, so why isn't he there? You know, it, uh, you know, and this became a real problem in, in Nazareth. Uh, he's there preaching, and he's healing the sick. And the people are asking themselves, they've, they've seen him grow up, you know, they're asking themselves, is this not the carpenter's son, Matthew 13, 55 and following? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all here with us? Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. They were offended by what Jesus was doing and saying um, and, and, by virtue of being God. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jesus said, I and the Father are one, John uh, 10, 30, uh, six verses later. Do you say to him whom the Father sanctified and said in the world, you are blasphemy because I said, I am the Son of God? Um, and you go back to Revelation, the end of Revelation. Behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to render every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. If you track that I am the first and the last. If you track that backwards through Isaiah, Jesus is claiming to be Jehovah. Because right after this in Revelation twenty-two sixteen, 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify. This is Jesus speaking. He's claiming to be God Almighty. Well, that's awfully full of himself, or that's awfully uh, you know, deluded or something like that. Well, it would be if he wasn't who he claimed to be. Uh, but he demonstrated his divinity by the miracles uh, that he performed and most importantly by his resurrection. Declared to be the son of God with power through the resurrection. Uh, Romans 1. Um, now this one is a little, this one hits me close to home. His followers and purported followers can represent him poorly. Originally, I had down his followers and purport, purported followers can be real bozos, but I was suggest I was, I was, it was suggested to me that I change that. So um, We can be. Uh, 1 Corinthians 5.1. We got a guy shacking up with his stepmom. Uh, in Galatians chapter 2, you got Peter, pillar of the church, practicing hypocrisy in front of the congregation. Let's face it. We don't represent Jesus super well all the time. Um, the Crusades. There is no excuse for the Crusades. It was stupid. Um, there, there's no scriptural you know, warrant for going in and killing Muslims and then while you're at it, killing Jews and while you're at it, killing other brands of Christians that you don't agree with and, and raping and pillaging. That's not in Jesus' teaching. 
but it was done in his name. Bad representation. Uh, Westboro Church, um, Westboro Baptist Church, excuse me, badly representing the Savior of the universe. Um, or me, when I'm griping and complaining. Um, I'm not representing Jesus well. Is that Jesus' fault, though? I mean, we hear this a lot, but let's, let's face it. That's not Jesus' fault. Any more than I can complain that my car breaks down when I don't change the oil and blame it on Nissan Motor Corporation. No, that's me. I didn't follow the owner's manual. Uh, it's my fault. It's not, uh, you know, Nissan Motor Corporation's fault. And so, it, you know, but, but this, this is also given. The church is full of hypocrites. Uh, you may have heard that one, too. Um, you know, well, and, and, and it's true. So are banks, so are schools, so, so is the government. I mean, if, if hypocrites were the, the class of people that we want to get away from, we all have to buy our own individual islands someplace. Uh, yes, we don't represent him well. We need to do that better. Um, but if I don't represent him well, what does that mean? That means I need to go back to him and ask his forgiveness and ask his strength. I mean, Look at what he's trying to work with. Me. I mean, he is literally trying to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. But he's doing it. Incrementally, bit by bit, he won't be done with this process until I see him face to face. But he's doing it. Uh, he is um, accomplishing his work of grace uh, progressively in my life. So bottom line, as, as Matthew pointed out, bottom line, why do people hate the real Jesus? Basically, it's because they're not in Christ. They have not experienced the love of Christ. 1 John 4, 19 says, We love because he first loved us. I cannot love the real Jesus until I have experienced the love of the real Jesus. Um, it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 2.14, you know, that these are, uh, the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned and the natural man is spiritually dead. Um, and so that's why uh, the real Jesus is not love. But nevertheless, as Matthew pointed out, the real Jesus is absolutely worthy of all of our love, worship, trust, and obedience. Um, Romans 5, 6, for while we were still helpless, helpless, I could not do anything to help myself. While I was still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly, 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, back to the reasons for hating the real Jesus. We're going to serve somebody. He is the most kind, gracious, loving, merciful Lord, we could possibly have. Why wouldn't you want to serve him? Um, he did everything necessary for salvation. Charles Spurgeon said, you stand before God as if you were Christ because Christ stood before God as if he were you. Yes, my effort will not get me into heaven. It doesn't need to because Jesus paid it all in that song that we sing. Uh, he did everything. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30, it's because of him that we are in Christ. Uh, God accomplished it all through Jesus, through the real Jesus. Um, he's going he's to judge me. Uh, well, 
Jesus took the wrath of God's righteous judgment against my sin upon himself. And then also lived a perfect, sinless life and gave me credit for it. So he not only took my sin out of the way, so God, by taking my sin out of the way, God no longer has to send me to hell to be just. But he doesn't have to let me into heaven either because I'm not righteous. But Jesus gave me his righteousness. I'm clothed with his righteousness so that I can be, uh, uh, go to heaven and appear before God. Um, you know, Jesus said he's the only way. It's God's grace that God provided even one way. There is nothing in the universe that required God to provide any way of salvation. It would have been perfectly just for God to create humanity. Humanity fell and, and God to say, well, you made your bed, now lie in it. But he didn't. He created a way of salvation and that way is his son, Jesus Christ, the real Jesus. Um, you know, uh, it, my, my kids, when they were little, they would, they would complain, you know, that's not fair. Um, and they learned not to say that to me. I don't know if they said that to other people. They learned not to say that to me because I would tell them, well, okay, well, you know, it's not fair that we get to go to heaven. Jesus had to die in my place. I deserve to die for my sins. Jesus did it for me. That's not fair. That's mercy and grace. So if you want to talk about fair, then argue yourself out of salvation. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it didn't take long for them to learn not to say that to me. Um, yeah, I deserve death and hell, and Jesus took it on for me and gave me life and peace uh, in him. Um, he had to be God to bear the wrath of God's, uh, uh, to bear the burden of God's wrath against sin. Uh, no other being could do that. Uh, so he had to be God to be our Savior. His death on the cross had to pay for the sins all of the sins of all of his followers. That's a huge debt of sin. Only God could make that kind of a payment. Um, so he had to be God. Um, and admittedly, this last one is true. I do not represent him well all the time. Um, not his fault. I need, to, I need more of his grace. Uh, I need to be coming to him all the time. Whenever I do fail, I just need to run back to the foot of the cross and confess my sin, ask for forgiveness, and ask for more grace uh, to, to get up and uh, do it better the next time. Uh, Ephesians closes with this verse. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love. I pray that that would be the description of all of us, that we love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible love because he is certainly worthy of it as the real Jesus, not a fake Jesus, but as a real, the real Jesus. So let's close in prayer. Father God, we do thank you that you have sent the perfect Savior, um, God in the flesh, who could take the burden of sin upon himself, satisfy the wrath for sin, and also live a perfect life, and then make a trade. He takes on our sin and dies on the cross and he grants to us his perfect righteousness so that we could stand before you. So we praise you for that provision of salvation that you accomplished through your son, Jesus. Only you could have done that. And you've done it all. Uh, our efforts don't uh, add anything to it. 
Uh, and so we praise you for that, Lord, for sending us such a Savior that uh, Ephesians uh, 7.25 says that he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to him. There is nothing lacking in the salvation that you have accomplished through your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.